Streaming has gotten way too complicated, but you can hack the system with Prime Video. It has everything in one app with one password. See Roadhouse and the National Women's Soccer League both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report sports add-on. Or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Herd podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio at noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR. This is the Best of the Herd with Colin Cowherd on Fox Sports Radio. It is a Friday and we are chock full of football. Live in Los Angeles, it's the Herd. Wherever you may be, however you may be listening. Thanks for making us part of your day. Jay Mack will join us Monday. Ryan very capably sitting in. It is nice to be here. And... Uh, we got football last night. Tonight, we have five exhibition games. I sat on the couch last night, watched almost every play, fell asleep, fourth quarter. It's good to have football back. Ordered a little DoorDash, sat down, ate Greek food, watched football. About as good as life gets. So the Texans rookie quarterback, C.J. Stroud, made his pro debut. Ohio State kid. I think if he can avoid all the nonsense with the Texans and their chaos through the years, he has a chance to succeed. He's not much of a wow guy, but he's big move foundationally. He's got some nice stuff. Um, the fact that he wasn't great against Belichick is not a story. Rookie quarterbacks against Bill Belichick are 6-24, and 24, complete 55% of their throws, throw almost twice as many interceptions and touchdowns, and have a passer rating at 64. Bill is the greatest defensive coach ever. Not a shock that the Texans in a rebuilding state look bad offensively, at least C.J. Stroud did. Facing Belichick as a rookie is like teaching your kid how to drive in New York City. It's really fast, and mistakes are inevitable. Know what I really watched last night, and I was thinking of Aaron Rodgers, New England's backups on the defensive line created utter chaos and havoc for the Texans. It's the best part of the Patriots. Pressure on the quarterback. They were tied for third in the NFL last year in sacks. Even their backups are good. The Patriots have all sorts of offensive limitations. They can't draft a skilled player to save their life. Malik Cunningham's interesting, but he's a third-string quarterback and probably won't see the field much. I like him. Love to see him get snaps. But what New England does, and they do it well every year, 
is get to the quarterback. And the Jets' weakness, that's what I thought about with Aaron Rodgers sitting at home in New Jersey. He's got that big new home. I'm sure he had to go out and buy pillows and comforters. Maybe he had somebody do it for him. But he was sitting there watching, and that's what New England does. Their backups beat Houston's backups, but that's what New England does under Belichick. They create pressure. And if you look at who the Jets are going to face in their opener, Buffalo, great pass rush. Then it's the Cowboys, strength of the team, pass rush. Then New England, Philadelphia, Browns, Giants, Chargers, all a great pass rush. C.J. Stroud threw a bad pick against Belichick. Outside of Mahomes, doesn't everybody kind of play worse football at quarterback against Belichick teams? D'Amico Ryan said, it's all okay. thought it was good for CJ to go out and get some live reps, get some real looks. Uh, thought he moved around well. Was a went, went to the right place with the ball a couple times, you know. And it was good to see him move out of the pocket and try to make some things happen there. We know we have some things to clean up up front. I right? don't want him having to move as much, but we all have things to clean up and get better at. But I thought it was a a good first outing, good look at live action. So I thought it was good for him. Of course, I'm not super excited how I play. Didn't get to play a lot, but uh, just get my feet in the water, learn from my mistakes, and just keep growing. Just wish I didn't do one mistake on one certain play, but other than that, thought I played solid, felt good to get hit again, um, and just get back in the groove. I just think that preseason, that's what preseason is for. He's big enough. He moves well enough. He's accurate enough. I've said, can he overcome the Texans? Their offensive line isn't very good. It was ranked bottom quarter of the league last year they're in a rebuilding mode he's got a first-time offensive coordinator he's got a rookie defensive coach they've got a couple of interesting young receivers it'll be okay take a deep breath much like Jared Goff we don't know if the coach is the right coach when Jared got one and that's CJ Stroud's comp when Jared got one he became very good hopefully D'Amico Ryans is his first coach and his right coach but that's not what I took from it. Belichick eats really good veteran quarterbacks up. That was going to happen. What I noticed was the pressure even their backups created, overwhelming Houston's front. You could say, well, it's Houston. The Patriots were third in the league last year in sacks. No reason, Matt Judon, no reason they're going to go backwards. Get ready for it, Aaron Rodgers. Well, speaking of stars, Phil Mickelson yesterday at the end of the show, we touched on that there's a new book out by a man named Billy Walters. He's considered the most successful gambler of all time, has spent time in prison, um, and he's got uh, some scores to settle, and he dropped a few bombshells that Phil Mickelson bets a lot. Well, there's a reason in Vegas parlance they call them whales and not goldfish. Rich people, memo, bet a lot. Michael Jordan bets a lot, too. I mean, it's legendary, right? Rich people bet a lot. They don't pay, play penny slots. They're not at the $5 table. Blackjack, that's where I sit. Um, Phil Mickelson in the book says he considered betting on the Ryder Cup, although Phil adamantly denied that yesterday. And here's the thing about Phil. I've been riding this 30-year roller coaster with him. Love him. Drives me nuts. Talented, reckless, enduring, flawed, interesting. Mostly owns it. I'm here for him. He's a big character who takes big swings, big consumer food, wine, golf, and apparently betting. Yeah, he bet a lot of money. 
20, 25 years ago. I remember being in a sports book. I think it was the Las Vegas Hilton. And somebody told me that Phil Mickelson was maybe the biggest better in Las Vegas. Again, he was a whale. All right. He's pulling in $50 million a year. I think it last year he made $106 million. So what? He's not a quarterback. He's not a tight end. He's not a point guard. He's not a goalie. He's like a boxer. He's an independent contractor. He doesn't have responsibilities to teammates or coaches or coordinators, an owner, a general manager. He's never gotten along with a PGA, and the PGA itself is only a charity. He's a boxer. I've got some interesting stories on boxers. UFC stars, they're independent contractors. And that's what Phil Mickelson is. Even the biggest claim, the Ryder Cup. He was going to bet the Ryder Cup. Phil Mickelson says, I didn't bet the Ryder Cup. Phil Mickelson talks. Alan Shipnuck wrote a book called Phil on the show in a couple of hours. Phil just talks. He's the jokester. He makes big bets, big claims. Nobody knows half if they're true. So if somebody who spent time in prison says the score's to settle, that guy was going to bet on the Ryder Cup. Prove it to me. I'm not defending the reckless nature of Phil Mickelson, but I am saying his loyalty is to sponsors. He's a pro golfer. The PGA is a charity, and the PGA never treated stars the way they should have been until the Live Tour was created and now exists. Suddenly, the PGA has reworked the books a little to take care of their stars. And Greg Norman, who runs the LIV Tour, and Phil Mickelson, one of their stars, have pushed back on the tour forever. There's nothing in this book that shocks me. Phil Mickelson bet over a billion dollars and lost $100 million. I think last year he made more than $100 million. Again, memo, rich people bet a lot. Okay. The trouble is, and Phil has acknowledged a gambling addiction. Some people have that quality. Years ago, I worked with a guy named Kenny. Food, alcohol, betting, women, anything. He was just all in, overboard on everything, and acknowledged it and hopefully has fixed it. It's a real thing. Addiction exists in all corners of America and the world. It's sad. Phil acknowledges it, has self-awareness, and has tried to peel back. But even the Ryder Club, Cup claim. It's not a golf major. PGA is not a team. I mean, the Ryder Cup is a bragging right festivity. There's no purse for it. Just want to be better than the Euros. That's probably the only golf team you're ever on. And would anybody really care? He bet on his team to win. I know, I know it's not appropriate. I said this yesterday. Finding out that Phil may have considered betting on the Ryder Cup is like finding out your 16 or 17-year-old smoke pot. You won't encourage it. You're not happy with it, but there's a lot worse. <laughs> it's legal in 30 states. So Phil Mickelson lived a big life with big swings, and he has made my life better as a consumer. I'm here for all of it, even the bad parts. We do that now in society. We like the best parts of things. We consume things we like, but when it's not exactly to our suiting, we get upset. Let's be less fragile. Phil's all in, all interesting, all the time. And he's not perfect, and he's flawed, and he's talked about it. That's the turbulent life of America's rock star. We could talk about Tiger and some of his secrets. I'm okay with Phil.
I read a story this morning from an English broadcaster named Gary Lineker. And it's funny how we look at gambling sometimes. It's bad, right? Lineker, the broadcaster, talked about his friend Queenie overseas. Michael Jordan was over there and they were going to go golf. Michael Jordan and Queenie. So Queenie goes up to him and says, hey, Michael, would you would you like to wager a little? Sure, man. How much you want to play for, Michael? Michael puffed on a cigar, looked straight at him and smiled. Whatever makes you uncomfortable, man. That's a cool story. And that's how Phil Mickelson's lived. And I'm here for it. Imperfect. Fascinating. I'm okay with it. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hi, it's the Herd. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. It's easy, 90 seconds. Use the code HERD, H-E-R-D. That's code HERD for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in ontario bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance see dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources this episode brought to you by 20th century studios kingdom of the planet of the apes director wes ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. So the second game that was on last night, the NFL Network, if you're not from the Pacific Northwest or from, uh, you know, Minnesota, maybe you didn't watch. I did, the Seahawks and the Vikings. Um, The one position in the NFL, at least in my opinion, that feels like it's certainly significantly more um, valuable than, say, 30 years ago as wide receiver. Uh, This past year, there were 22 players that had over 1,000 yards at receiver, tight end. 30 years ago, it was nine. Uh, The NFL is trying to be safer. You can't grab receivers you can't hit receivers so receivers now want to go to the middle of the field and some you know I feel like they're almost uncoverable certainly with single coverage Um, they're just more wide open all the time they used to be icing on the cake in my opinion now they're part of the cake running backs are more icing on the cake 
So Seattle and Minnesota are interesting. Both made the playoffs last year. Neither was very good at defense. Vikings were awful. Seattle was bad. Neither had what you would consider star quarterbacks, Kirk Cousins, Geno Smith. Uh, Offensive line play was way below average. Well, how the hell did they get to the playoffs? Playmakers. And that's the key. And I saw it last night. They have both drafted another potential star-wide receiver. Minnesota got Jordan Addison from USC. Looks like he's going to be really good in Seattle. Went and got Jackson Smith and Jigba. He's going to be spectacular. And so they're doubling down on it. Those, those early picks don't necessarily all have to be, and it proves really in the NFL. Kansas City, do they have a great defense? Minnesota and Seattle doubled down on getting really good wide receivers. If you go back over the last 12 years, you take just the Vikings and the Seahawks. Look at how well those organizations have done drafting and accumulating wide receiver talent. The Vikings, in fact, got Adam Thielen undrafted, and the Seahawks got Doug Baldwin undrafted. The Vikings have Justin Jefferson Thielen, Stephon Diggs, and now Jordan Madison. The Seahawks got Tyler Lockett and Doug Baldwin, DK Metcalf, and Jackson Smith and Jigba. And that allows you to not have a very good defense. In fact, bad. That allows you to not have a superstar quarterback and a weak offensive line and yet make the playoffs. Last year, five teams in the NFL had two 1,000-yard receivers. All of them made the playoffs. So let's pivot back to New England in that same 12-year period. Great coach, great defense, great pass rush, always above average offensive lines, can run the football. Special teams are almost always way above average, and they're declining and couldn't make the playoffs. Why? Zero playmakers drafted at on the perimeter in the last 12 years when Seattle and Minnesota are stockpiling great talent. So the Vikings and Seahawks don't do many of the things New England is great at. But New England can't, under Bill Belichick, draft skill players. It is a hole in New England's business model. I mean, O-lines, D-lines, pass rush, run game, time of possession, head coaching, special teams, all the things we talk about for championship teams. They They don't have any playmakers. I watched New England last night. They're slow. The most interesting player is a quarterback, Malik Cunningham, who's a third-string quarterback who can do some receiver work. I thought, that's fun. Let's get that young guy on the field. So uh, watching Minnesota and Seattle last night, you know, it, it, I kind of looked at it and I thought, you know, these teams got holes everywhere. But, man, they make plays. They can do things off script. And that is a big part of what football is today. It can't all be schemes and 12 and 13 play drives. Sometimes you need a dude to take it to the house. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Uh, So tonight we have six preseason games, many on at the same time. So you'll have to watch highlights on some unless you have one of those media rooms. I'm really interested in five. They're just a bunch of quarterback questions. I don't remember a year when I, you know, you have some big brands and I don't know who the quarterback is. So we have Jordan Love is going to play snaps at Cincinnati. I want to watch. Atlanta, Desmond Ritter at Miami. I want to watch. Kenny Pickett against Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask. I want to watch. Sam Howell uh, for Washington, who I, I, 
when I watched him in college, I thought he was a less talented Baker Mayfield, but I want to watch. And then we're going to get Russell Wilson. Sean Payton said he's going to play tonight at Arizona. So <laughs> I know it's just preseason and nobody cares, right? I care. So five games with quarterback questions. Uh, the Payton-Denver one's fascinating. Jordan Love. Um, we can all play judge on America's Got Talent. You know, you be Howie Mandel, I'll be Simon Cowell. We can be delighted or it's a tire fire. We'll just sit back and watch the quarterback talent. Um, I, I do not have high hopes for Jordan Love. Uh, he's got one career start, but 10 total appearances. And in those 10 total appearances, he has two passes for over 20 yards. It's a lot of dink and dunk. It's a lot of scheme thing. His biggest play in Philadelphia, that game against the Eagles, was a slant to Christian Watson, who's really, really fast, and uh, took it for a lot of yards. So I feel like I'm going to watch this movie, but there's not even enough footage for a trailer. So two career completions in 10 appearances of over 20 yards. Uh, I don't have high hopes. Through the years, I've had a handful of sources inside the building. Uh, I've had uh, a source inside the building that has really good connections, said they just don't see a lot of juice, a lot of it. And it's interesting because when Jordan Love was a college player at Utah State, the feeling was he was kind of wildly talented but had to be refined. Now it makes it sound like he's more of a game manager. So he's probably, and we heard this about Trey Lance in San Francisco, he's not quite the athlete they thought. Utah State's not in a major Power 5 conference. So he had a very good underclass year, did not have a good last year. There was a coaching change. Who do you blame? Who knows? But I've said this before. In this league, there is such a premium on quarterback that if you're good, even if you're not playing, we're going to hear stuff. We heard stuff about Russell Wilson's first camp in Seattle, Joe Burrow, first week in Cincinnati, Patrick Mahomes, uh, three years, nothing. You go back and read the book uh, uh, about, you know, it was Jeff Perlman on Favre, Gunslinger. I think that's the book that had, you know, Aaron Rodgers was poking Brett Favre. And, you know, there was some real talk inside the building by year two that this guy is really, really special. I've heard none of it with Jordan Love. Now, the good news for Green Bay, there's not a lot of chaos here. They've got a ton of young tight end wide receiver talent. And Jordan Love is young, I think, uh, uh, generationally. He kind of connects with the guys more than an older Aaron Rodgers did. So it's a very young offensive roster with the skill positions, and he's a young guy. So there's some connective tissue there that I think is good. I also think Matt LaFleur is an offensive coach that knows what he's doing. They have two running backs uh, that I think, you know, Aaron Jones and Dylan, who are very nice running backs. I think the young tight ends are going to surprise people how ready to play they are. Um and again, the division, we don't know how good Chicago is going to be. We, we don't know. I think, you know, Detroit could be a little overhyped. Um, I, I just don't think there's a ton of juice, but you may be able in the NFC in this division to sort of game manage your way to nine wins. You may be able to. Here's Greg Jennings yesterday on the show about Jordan Love's debut. He sat back. He's learned a lot. He's been around not only the, the organization, but a great quarterback. Where he is at a disadvantage is because he hasn't been on the field enough. This is his chance and his opportunity. And for me, I think he's going to actually thrive. The problem is it's going to be hard for us to not compare his what we would identify success as success to meeting the standard that we have become accustomed to seeing in that green and gold uniform under center. Yeah, I, 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 I the other my takeaway is if he gave me and I'll set the bar low, 
if Jordan Love gave me, say, 23 touchdowns, eight picks. So 23 touchdowns, not a ton. R- quickly, Ryan, look up. Just look up for fun. Uh, who's a quarterback? Let's say uh, a guy we don't love. Daniel Jones. Go look at him. If you gave me 23 touchdowns and eight picks, a passer rating in the high 80s, and he completes about 63 and a half, 64%. That's where it gets tough because that's okay. That's okay, but he's opening the season against a lot of weak defenses, and they've got some really interesting offensive talent and an offensive coach. So if it's 23 touchdowns, eight picks, 88 quarterback rating, 64% completion percentage with an offensive coach and what we don't think is a great division in a weaker conference, you got to kind of stick with him. So, you know, I, I would hope he could get to 3,400, 3,500 3, passing yards. Like, that's what I would need to say or see for me not to draft another quarterback. So, I'll give you an example. Daniel Jones. One of the reasons I'm pushing back on Daniel Jones is he has Saquon Barkley, a brilliant offensive coach, a great left tackle. They're okay at receiver, certainly not ideal, but a great defense to often give him the ball back in good field position. And it was 15 touchdowns, five picks, and a 92 passer rating. So my take with Daniel Jones is, dude, you got to give me a little more ceiling. You got to give me more than 15 touchdown passes. Now, it's not a great receiving core, but the Giants decided that 3,200 passing yards, 15 touchdowns, and a 92 passer rating, they gave the bag to that. Now, my takeaway is that's what I want to see with a defensive coach. When you give me an, when you give me an offensive coach, I want about 20% better numbers. So let, let's say, for instance, Jordan Love gave me 3,200 passing yards, 15 TDs, 5 picks, 67% completion percentage, 92 passer rating. <laughs> I wouldn't love it, but I think you'd have to double down on that. You couldn't move off it. I mean, I, I, if he gets Daniel Jones' number, and by the way, both have a very good left tackle. Both have running back support. Uh, both have an offensive coach. Giants have a better defense. Yeah, I think if he gets Daniel Jones' numbers last year, I mean, 67% completion percentage and very few interceptions, he's not losing you games. And that's probably what he is. He's not going to win me a bunch of games. But if Jordan won't lose games, you're probably like, all right, we'll try it one more year. Listen to Comeback Stories. I'm Darren Waller. You may know me best as a tight end for the New York Giants. You may also know me for my story of overcoming addiction and alcoholism. You may have heard a few of my tracks as an artist or a producer. You may have seen the work that I've done through my foundation. And you may know my friend and co-host, Donnie Starkins, as well. He's a mindfulness teacher, a yoga instructor, a life coach, a man fully invested in seeing people reach their fullest potential. And we've come to form this platform of comeback stories to really highlight not only our own adversity, but adversity in the lives of well-known guests with amazing stories. Catch us every week on Comeback Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. 
we haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that, he is! And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win! Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hi, it's the Herd. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Teams are knocking on the door of the conference finals, and DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered every step of the way with same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. It's fantastic. Super easy to get started with DraftKings. If you're a first-timer, really easy. Try betting on something like a team to win. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook's app, select your team, and place your first bet. It's that simple, really. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. It's easy, 90 seconds. Use the code HERD, H-E-R-D. That's code HERD for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www1 800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. You know, I do that thing every Monday, Colin right, Colin wrong. There's always a lot of both. And I've always understood people, it's our most popular segment, according to ratings, has been for years. And people love when I say I'm wrong. And it's fun. I'm wrong all the time. But uh, I was very right on Baker Mayfield. And so I'm always reticent to go back and bang on Baker um, because I won And there's no reason to pile on. But he said something yesterday that I think is important. And he was talking about, you know, playing and replacing Tom Brady. And the bite, I just want to read the first half of the bite. Hey, man, I've always been myself. That's kind of why people love or hate me. I do it my own way. Stop right there. That is not why people hate you. And hate's too strong a word. Lamar Jackson does it his own way. And Jalen Hurts does it his own way. And people love those guys because they're humble. And they're part of a collective and a team. And we've seen them fail and they double down and they're quiet and they're great teammates. America has always celebrated unique. We're fascinated by it. You are. I am. Nobody hates Baker. I don't hate Baker. I'm disappointed. And what he did is a cautionary tale. I tell my kids this, the greatest job you may ever be offered could be at 21 years old. Get your stuff ready in college and be ready to go. Baker had one of the best young offensive coaches in the NFL, Kevin Stefanski. 
They had an enormously gifted offensive line. PFF had it rated two or three. Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, you kidding me? Weapons, a football-starved city, OBJ. And Baker just never got how great the opportunity was. Cleveland so desperately wanted to love him. I mean, God, they're going to like Deshaun Watson, and he's not likable at all. Baker was too busy calling out the medical staff, distracted by a dozen commercials, albeit funny ones, not getting along with OBJ, all in the sake of appealing to his worst sensibilities. Ego. I do it my own way. So does Lamar. He keeps it to himself. Nobody hates Baker. Nobody does. They're disappointed because how many quarterbacks would want Nick Chubb, David Njoku, Kevin Stefanski, Miles Garrett, that offensive line, in a city that absolutely lives for its football team? And you blew it. It's like you entered this esteemed law firm of Chubb, Garrett, and Stefanski, and you didn't even prepare for the case. Nobody hates you. Nobody hates failure. In fact, people felt sort of bad for you. I wasn't one of them, but people did. And now you're on your fourth team in 13 months. It's not because you lack talent. It's because you lack self-awareness and an understanding that opportunities that good, that good, that roster, you weren't making any money. That roster was built to win playoff games. Andrew Luck got to an AFC championship and was bailing water in the front office, the offensive line, the defense, the coaching staff. That puppy had everything, and you blew it. Nobody hates you. They're just disappointed. We like unique, and we like people who do it their own way. You ever heard of Joe Rogan? He sort of does it his own way. People like it. It's one of the things that's cool about America. There's a lot of different ways to succeed. Doing it your own way is one of them that's really popular. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. Eric Mangini now joins us live. He is based right now in Cleveland, Ohio. Of all the places, he picked Cleveland. He loves Cleveland. He's a Cleveland man <laughs> through and through. There's no reason to make Cleveland jokes. It's a fine city. Fine city. Colin, you started off with a little parenting advice. They don't hate you. They're just disappointed. That is <laughs> that is the classic parenting line. And then very, very good. I, I was taking notes. It was great stuff. Well, I appreciate that. So I will say he's not as likable, but I keep reading all these NFL preview magazines. Everybody loves Cleveland. You're there. You get to see it. Am I nuts here? What? Are they a potentially AFC championship-level team? Yeah, they're underrated. And and here's why. Deshaun Watson has benefited from the attention that Aaron Rodgers has gotten, the attention that Russell Wilson has gotten. Everybody forgets that, that he was an elite quarterback. And a few years ago, he was throwing 33 touchdowns and seven picks. He had a 112 quarterback rating. And the difference between him and those other guys is he's 28 years old. He's in the prime of his career. Now he's moved a year away from, from the, all the offseason problems. He's got six games in the system. He's got a full offseason uh, w- with the team. There, there's so many things that are pointing in the direction of, of him being able to get back to that form 
that that he was in. And, and now the Browns added a, a veteran defensive coordinator, Jim Schwartz, who I like a lot. They've still got the great offensive line, great offensive line coach, and uh, and they've got so many so many pluses going for them. And they're they're somewhat under the radar compared to a lot of teams we talk about. So I know it's not everything. But because starters don't play, first of all, preseason's a game shorter. Fewer starters are playing since McVay decided to not play anybody and it worked. So practice feels like to me, especially inter-squad practices, feel like a bigger deal today. A one versus ones, don't, you don't get a lot of that in practice. And I think I, I talked to a couple coaches about this. Like practice now is a little bit bigger deal. So when Dak's out there throwing bad picks off last year, it feels like something. He's not a rookie. And I saw the footage of him. And Eric, some are bad. Some are like staring people down. What do you make of it? I, I don't love it. I don't love it. I, I don't think that you can just turn things on and off. And, and even though you stand up in front of the media and say, I'm not going to throw interceptions like I threw last year, I didn't love the way he even answered that question where, he kind of threw the receivers under the bus where he said that this year the receivers will be in the right spots. It wasn't even like he took full accountability for, for the picks that, that he did throw last year, and, and, and that's not a good thing. I don't like the way the DBs respond to him when he throws a pick. It almost feels – it doesn't feel like just trash talk. It felt more disrespectful than that. Yeah. So that's not the most encouraging thing in the world either. And, and we can say that practice isn't important. But it is. And and if you're consistently making those mistakes in practice, odds are you're, you're going to make them in the game. And, and as much as you want to talk about the improvements you've made, you, you need to show those improvements on a consistent basis. So we, we said this at the top of uh, end of last hour, is that when you've got a young quarterback, I think you can identify pretty quickly the wow factor, Herbert, Lamar. Mahomes. I, I don't think it would have taken you long to go, okay, this is just different, right? I'm watching Lamar. I went back this morning. I got up really, really early, and I got up this morning, and I went back and watched his rookie year highlights. <laughs> he was so fast. It didn't even look. It was, like, it was like you were speeding up the video when he, he was flying past linebackers and corners. So the wow is pretty obvious. So if you don't have wow, the question becomes, how does the grading scale go? So Daniel Jones' number, our staff did a good job. They kind of they put it on the screen. And he completed like 67% of his throws. Passer rating, low 90s. Didn't throw a lot of touchdowns, but he didn't make any mistakes. And I said on the air, I think if you give me that, I'd probably keep him. He's not losing games. You tell me if Jordan Love gave you the Daniel Jones numbers. 15 touchdown passes in 2023 is half of what I want. Do you just do you just say he's not losing me games? Well, my my experience with Tom Brady is his first year there was there was no wow. If anything it was it was the opposite. It wasn't very good at all and he didn't have to play. And and then when when he gets the opportunity to play it was okay. It was okay, and he consistently got better. So guys can improve that that position, and and I, I've seen it and, and witnessed it firsthand. Now the difference is with, with Jordan Love. He's been there. He's been in the system. He's had the time to sit and watch. The expectation there is much is much higher. Tom was a sixth round draft pick. 
Jordan was a first-round draft pick. You've got $40 million in dead money for, for Aaron Rodgers, and, and you've given up so much to create this opportunity for him. The expectations are a little bit different. Now, if, if, the, if the ceiling that you get this year is he doesn't get you beat, okay, you're, you're, you're banking on, on the fact that next year it's going to pop and now he's going to be able to start winning games. But the equation is different because how long he's been there and how much they've given up and, and how, many, uh, how much more experience he has than, than young guys just get thrown into the fire. Yeah, and there's no chaos there, so it's a well-run organization. So um, I, I, I watched the story of, and I've said this, the only thing I worry about with Aaron, it's not the media, it's not Sala, it's, it's the O-line. He's going to be 40 in December. Old quarterbacks don't like to get hit. They don't know what their tackle situation is. If Dwayne Brown doesn't give you 17 games and plays 12, they, this could be a mess on the edges. By the way, Buffalo twice, Patriot. Patriots were third in sacks. Bills pass rush. They play the Eagles, Denver, the Chargers. Browns, there's a lot of pass rushes. They played Kansas City, Chris Jones. So my question is, um, when, when, I, when you look at the Jet situation, you had Favre, he was an older quarterback. And Favre's early career, he was run around Brett Favre, the gunslinger, the ad libber. But when you got him, and, 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 and contrast that or, or compare it to Aaron, did Favre not want to get hit as much? Did you notice, like, where as an old quarterback coming to the Jets, how did he look at O-line play, getting hit, ad-libbing? Well, we had a really good offensive yes, line. Yes, you had DeBrickishaw. We had DeBrickishaw Ferguson. We had Nick Mangold, who was, was excellent. We brought in Alan Fanica. We had Damian Woody. We, we, we had a really, really good offensive line when he got there. And, and the Jets are taking some hits on their offensive line. I, I understand that. But it's not like they haven't put resources into it. Two of the offensive linemen are among their top five highest paid players right now with Dwayne Brown, Lake, and Tomlinson. And then they drafted two guys, number one, or in the first round. And they've drafted a second rounder. So they put resources in it. It just hasn't, very, it hasn't been very productive because of injuries, continuity, all those things. Now, the, the good news for them, too, is... People are going to play Aaron Rodgers differently. They should. The Jets should be able to run the ball effectively because of how many seven-man boxes that, that they have. They're going to get. Uh, Brees Hall is 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 good. That should take some pressure off of, of Aaron as well. And Aaron's smart. Aaron's going to get the ball out quickly. He's not going to take the hits that that some younger guys would take. Where it could kill him, Colin, is when the whole world knows you have to pass in those two-minute situations. If you if you got to go no huddle because you're down by a lot that's where you can really get exposed. If they can manage the games, then then the exposure is much smaller. Yeah. So I tonight, Denver plays. Sean Payton has said, we want to give him some reps. So speaking of O-line, the first thing Payton did, Mike McGlinchey, Ben Powers, they upgraded the O-line. They get their left tackle back. So I think Denver's O-line will be the most improved part of the team beyond the coach. Um, what's realistic for Russell, I, he's lost a little weight. I just want to see him move more because, you know, it's funny last year. I, I have this theory on him is that he got the big contract and he thought to himself, hey, I'm not going to be run around guy like these young guys. I'm a veteran now. I got the bag. I want to sit in the pocket and show I can do this. And it's like, dude, you got to <laughs> lean into your fastball. You're a mover. That was my takeaway on it. So what do you want to see? What do you expect to see? 
Colin, there is so much truth to what you're saying. And, and, and the old adage, you see a lot of good young running quarterbacks, but not a lot of good old ones right. because of how much they get hit. And when guys get paid a ton of money, they want to see that contract through it and make sure they earn every dollar. And they're not doing that when, when they're running around a, a ton. But you're absolutely right, too, about the fact that his greatest asset wasn't always scrambling. It was his ability to buy time. Yeah. The, the way that he can make defensive linemen move, uh, miss and, and extend plays, he has to lean back into that or, or else he, he's not going to be the, the guy he was and, and, and teams aren't going to treat him the same. He's going to get different type of rush patterns and blitzes. So, yeah, lean into it. At least lean into it early so that everybody now is worried about it and, and, and game planning for it. And then you can pull back some. My fear there, Colin, too, is, is how quickly he picks up the system. It's a lot of shifting, motioning, multiple personnel groups. It's, it's very different than, than what he's dealt with in the past. And it's going to be interesting to see where that landing spot is between, that, as Sean said, his greatest hits and the things that Sean wants to do with, with the offense he brought in. So you were the Niner defensive coordinator and the Patriot defensive coordinator. And the one thing Belichick does, and I think they do it, uh, and you were part of this, and you can explain it as well as anybody. I didn't care much about C.J. Stroud last night. What I noticed was, even with their backups, they just create constant pressure and chaos. It's just Bill's – I mean, I don't think they have the third-best defensive line talent. They were third in the league in sacks. And they're always near the top in pressures and hits, even if they don't get sacks. And I watched it last night. Ball snapped, 1,001. The O-line unravels. What is the secret sauce to Bill in that pass rush? Because I don't always think they have the best personnel. Yeah, well, the first thing we, we always try to do is, is take away what they did best and, and make sure that, that they play left-handed. And then the second thing is, you're gonna you're gonna identify the greatest weaknesses and make sure that you attack it, and and that seems very simplistic, but not everybody has the the defensive flexibility to do that. Most teams they have their scheme, they have things in their scheme that they can use to attack, but in New England because we had smart players, because we built versatility into everything that we did, and we were so intensely game plan specific. We can exploit other teams' weaknesses. We, we could do that, and we could really effectively take away their strengths so quarterbacks are sitting back there not getting the normal answers that they get. But it takes time, and it takes the right type of guys in, in the room to, to execute that stuff. Yeah. So, um, so much of a quarterback room. If you've got a star quarterback, it's actually not only is it easier because you have a star, but it's easier because everybody in the room knows he's quarterback one, <laughs> right? It real clarifies the room. But when you got Brock Purdy, Trey Lance was a number one pick. You bring in Sam Darnold. It's a little bit of a balancing act. They're all a little insecure. Two are coming off injuries. One may get traded. Darnold's a reclamation project. How would you balance? Because this is a loaded roster. I mean, there, there, there's nothing in their way outside of quarterback. How do you balance all this stuff? It's, it's actually easier in, in the situation that San Francisco's in now than, than it was when, when Jimmy was there. I, I would imagine it would have been much more awkward when Jimmy was there and you draft Trey Lance. And not only do you draft Trey Lance, but you trade everything away that you did to go get Trey Lance. That That's an incredibly awkward situation. And Jimmy's Extremely well liked, very popular in the locker room. 
with the three guys that are there now, they're all unproven in their own way. They all have warts in their own way, and they all have really positive things that, that you can cheer for. But from a, a staff perspective and from a team perspective, you can be a lot more objective than if you, you've got a guy you really like who's done a lot of good things, and suddenly you've got this young guy that hasn't proven anything, and the team wants to thrust him into to a, a starting role. Yeah. All right, Eric Mangini, great seeing you as always. Enjoy Cleveland. How's the weather in Cleveland Thank late you. summer? How is it? Actually, actually, this is one of the best times of year in Cleveland. It's, it's beautiful. The uh, It's cooling off a little bit, but oh. still very nice. Gets dark late. So when you come to visit, this would be the time of year that you should come visit me, Colin. I know you're... That's on your to-do list. So. It is. I, I have to do a couple things in Manhattan Beach this late <laughs> summer, or else I'd scamper over there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I'll be waiting. All right. Good seeing you, Coach. Hi. Let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 